welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And uh, welcome back. This is uh, probably the first uh, episode that we've done um, post-summer holidays. Indeed. And we've got uh, interesting, exciting plans for the autumn. Why don't you tell us about the script challenge? Yes, the t- uh, 2019 uh, Sitcom Geeks script challenge, no less. We thought about calling it a competition and I said, no, call it a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I think it is a challenge. It's okay. going to be a great challenge. Um, we are thinking uh, ahead. Obviously, we always uh, want you to have the best, strongest possible script when you send it off either to producer or as more likely to the BBC uh, come next April. When For the writer's the, room? The writer's mm. room uh, window, comedy window opens. And uh, we thought it would be a great idea if uh, you send us your scripts. Um, and we're running this uh, competition with British Comedy Guide, mm. um, comedy.co.uk, the massive website, which I'm sure you'll know about. In fact, we are. that's probably where you found us. They are the, the host of this podcast. They are game. indeed. Yes. Yeah. And thank you very much for that, guys. A part of the site is uh, called BCG Pro. And uh, this is a site for people who are more than just interested in wanting to know what's on telly next week or what's your favourite radio show. Uh, these are people uh, in the industry, professionals and people who want to get on in the industry. Um, and it's full of lots of useful information and help. And we'll be, if you're a member of BCG Pro, then you can send in uh, a script and we'll look at um, the first 10 pages and... Um, Work out a short list between yeah. us, I think, and then... <laughs> the star prize uh, is we will do a podcast with you either down the line or in person with your script, and that will effectively be like a bit of script consultancy mm-hmm. as, as the prize, and hopefully some industry guide on you sh- maybe you could send it to this person or that person or, uh, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And mean, We may even be able to put it in the hands of a producer who we might think might yeah. be interested not that we can promise you can't anything. promise anything i mean and again that. if we if you know if, mm-hmm. if 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 we had great access like that we we'd also we be making be our own doing, shows yes, at the moment as well true. which we are yeah. currently working on but of yeah. course it's it's a pretty tough slog out there yeah so people are going to send their full scripts and we will only promise to read the first 10 pages of them and then is that right? Then we decide, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but if, uh, the, the way to enter, and, and you know, obviously, if you win and or get shortlisted, that'll all be uh, publicised on, yeah. on the British Comedy Guide mm. website, which gets I don't know half a million viewers a, a month or some stupendous amount yeah. of people. So that's a good, um, good, good thing to have on your CV. Um, and then we'll we'll go through them, and um, we will choose the winner, and we're giving you. Quite a bit of time now, really. Probably a couple of months or yeah. so, I think, really. We're looking to uh, run... The, 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 the deadline will come roughly sort of about the middle of November. We haven't got an exact date yet. Yeah. About the 17th of November, I think, as a... Um, it's, it's as a, D-Day. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in that time as well, between now and then, we'll be uh, producing various blogs about... Uh, writing sitcom getting the best out of your yeah. script so don't necessarily send it straight away just uh, yes have but also listen. don't necessarily leave it to the last minute which is what apparently 50 60 70 percent of people do that's true is yeah. this mad scramble at the end but over the course of the next few weeks james and i will be uh blogging on the uh bcg uh, website yeah with uh, lots of helpful handy advice and actually we thought uh you know we've been running sitcom geeks for 
for a few years now. We we thought this would be a very good time, September, you know, kind of new, a new uh, year, I suppose, uh, especially those of you who've been to Edinburgh. It's the first term, back to school. It feels like back to school, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. So um, there's a few things you could do yeah. um, in order to kickstart things again and that we're going to do. One thing you could do if you're thinking, how do I even come up with a sitcom or how do I start again? If you join us on Patreon, you will be the recipient of the audiobook, which is which is being put up chapter by chapter, read by me, of writing that sitcom. And, you and will also, written by you. And also written by me. Um, so our current Patreon members are, are hopefully enjoying that. And also you will get various things, the, the, the PDF of that book and also of Dave's book, the uh, your first book how to be averagely successful at comedy and um there are lots of other things to look at on the patreon website so do go and have a look at that but also we'll be putting up um ideas from um uh, from previous uh, uh, podcasts as well on blogs and that sort of thing but here is one thing that i thought might be a good thing to start off with just to remind us what a sitcom actually is and so we started this podcast some while ago about 120 episodes ago and um We've covered lots of different things, but why don't we just go back and uh, see if we still feel the same way about what a sitcom is, so that we're all on the same page. That you're that w- that you're sending us what we want to read, which is a situation comedy script. It's probably going to be between thirty and forty pages, and ideally closer to thirty than forty. And depending on how it's laid out, you don't have to send it in final drafts. Uh, you don't have to, you know, you can do it in Word or something. As long as we can read it, it's fine. There's loads of advice on how to lay it out on the uh, BBC Writers' Room. Don't, yeah, don't get too hung up on that. Yes. That aspect. You don't need writing. to spend 100 quid on Final Draft, although if you join the Writers' Guild, you get a discount on Final Draft. But I have Final Draft. I don't like it, but I use it because everybody else does. But here are th- I've got 13 rules of what sitcoms tend to be. And I'm sure some great sitcoms break some of these rules, um, but these are some things to bear in mind as you're writing a sitcom. Okay. The first one is, your characters and situation don't change. So a sitcom is, to some extent, the same show every week. The same characters make the same mistakes. They don't learn. They don't change. Your character is not moving to Nepal, even if they talk about it for the whole episode. Your character won't start listening to advice, even if the moral of the story is that that character should listen to advice. And even if, they, even if they do learn their lesson, they've forgotten it by next week. And in that sense, it's more true to life than any other art form. Yeah. Because people don't listen, they don't learn, they don't change. That's right. Um, so, yeah, so we're not looking for... Because sometimes you do read scripts and you just think, oh, this is a movie. Hmm. Or maybe they thought this was a movie and they thought they could turn their hands to making it a, um, a TV show. And yeah. they're very different things, aren't they? And also, uh, we often uh, get a 10 pages where the, the main characters don't actually appear. And we're told, oh, yeah, sorry, the main character's coming in, uh, yeah. in about scene four. Uh, that's, when there's, that's when it really starts. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah it's all about your character. Um, what, one thing I'd say is when we start, if you look back to very early episodes, I think pretty much episodes two and three, uh, are about the types of character you get in sitcom. Mm. And we talked a lot about the monster, uh, larger than life, you mm. know, David Brent kind of character, uh, Alan Partridge, um, Adina and Abfab Miranda. 
that you know the monster, and then there's the the, the odd couple, and mm. that's another one. Like Peep Show being the, the probably the most most successful, most recent one. That, that, yes. that. Other than the odd couple, yeah, the odd <laughs> couple, of course, yeah. Neil Simon yeah. uh, and the, the likely lads, of course, Clement Lafrenet. Um, so, um, I, and. I suppose we tended to think about it then, or I, I mean, I've written chapters in books about these things, and uh, but thinking about, oh, this is an odd couple sitcom, mm. this is a monster sitcom, but actually, um, the way, mm. oh my goodness, no, that's a creepy um, noise, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, but I, I actually, what um, I, I suppose I've changed my views a little bit now is that I think that every sitcom uh, has odd couples and monsters, right? And and Miranda, uh, which is a, a show we've been talking a little bit about on our uh, Patreon site. Miranda, Miranda isn't just about Miranda; it's mm. about uh, three very odd couples: uh, yeah. Miranda and her mum, uh, Miranda and her best mate, yeah. and Miranda and her will they will won't he, they won't he him. get together boyfriend. Yeah, so, I would argue that Miranda's mum is the monster. Yes, that's a very that's that's because she's that's, yeah, yeah she is very much larger than life yeah. in, in in extremity and yeah. in her constant disappointment and disapproving yeah. nature of her daughter yeah so but th- which just goes to show that you know you you can't necessarily have these sort of rules and say oh that's the monster character yeah yeah I mean if you look at Modern Family you've got about uh, yeah. twelve characters in there and seven or eight of them will be a monster at some yeah, point yeah. In it. and I think it depends on this go back and listen to the episode we did with Paul Mayhew Archer oh, yes. who talks about hierarchies and that's a really good way of thinking so in Blackadder there are hierarchies and usually at the top of that hierarchy is a monster mm. so in Blackadder the second it's Queen Elizabeth and then Blackadder the third I guess it's Prince George mm. in Blackadder the fourth it's General Cecil Sir Anthony Hogmanay Melchard um <laughs> And so, and he is the survivor. I mean, that's in in one of the early episodes we talked about how you've got this character who's a bit of a Dell boy. You've got a character who's a bit of a Blackadder, which is how the hell did I end up here? Mm. I seem to be the only sane one and everyone around me is mad. Mm. Um, And yet they're still funny in their own right as as well. Mm. Um, So uh, it's it's all very slippery. And so when we say that there are rules, there aren't really rules. So, for example, the second rule which I've got here is you've got 24 hours and it just seems to be the case that sitcoms tend to take place over a one, two, three day period. It seems odd that it should take longer than that Mm -hmm. unless you've really got a strong conceit for something. So any episode of Seinfeld tends to take place over a day, two, three days. Any episode of Friends, any episode of Porridge or any episode, it's always... And I think that's partly because these characters don't change um, and the movie takes place over usually a few weeks or a few months. Um, it's usually a, a sort of a year in someone's life, isn't it? It's just, they, they go on a journey, whereas actually... And, and they could be all compressed into one extraordinary 48-hour period, like a movie called 48 Hours, for example, yeah. um, or, or like The Run. Hangover or whatever, you yeah. know. Or, what was the one you going to say? Midnight Run, one You're of right. my favourite films. Yeah, ever. yeah. Brilliant. Um, so you do get those those ones, but overall, for some reason, your episode is going to take place in, in 48 hours. Having said that, sometimes people make a virtue of having them happen in real time. So I'm thinking there was an episode of Miranda, which Richard and I got very excited about, that we wrote with Miranda, the psychiatrist. And... Um, 
Miranda was always a little bit sceptical about that one initially because we, she thought that we were just trying to be clever and show off to other writers. And I think there's something in that. So writers tend to get excited about real time and it's all one thing and it often ends up being a, sort of a bottle episode. And there was an episode of Seinfeld where they're waiting for a table in a Chinese restaurant literally the whole episode. Um, and for some, I believe it's an episode that the, the network hated it. They never wanted them to put it out. They were cross that they made it. And eventually it was put out towards the end of season two. And it was a huge... It was the turning point. It really. was a, Yeah, it was a huge episode because it showed you that these characters didn't need much in the way of plot to sustain an episode. But even so, I think you can, um, you can get a bit carried away with real time. But then... You want to get stuff going, and that's why the third rule, and this is what we keep coming back to again and again and again on this podcast, and I suspect that no matter how many times we say it, half of the scripts we read, maybe three-quarters of the scripts that we read, will have the same problem. Rule three, start your story as soon as possible. The story gets going early on, and something happens. There is an inciting incident. The character decides to go on a quest. Something happens, and... It gets going and 10 pages of sitting around and talking is not going to wash. And that's when we stop reading. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why this is such a difficult thing. And I became uh, aware of it working on a, uh, another script. You, you think you've started your story um, because these, this is a new character that you've introduced and something happens to them. But actually... This is just us getting to know the character that something has happened to. You need a thing to happen. Mm. And it's just so... Uh, it can be the most banal thing. Mm. It's like... A tiny grain yeah. of sand around which you can form yeah. a comedy pearl. Mm. But you do need some piece of yeah. grit or something. Yeah, and it's, it is it isn't, oh, here's somebody and this is the first day of their life of being single, you know, the new life or whatever. It, it's about, yes, this is the first day of the life of being single and I've got to go and uh, have a doctor's appointment or something and I've forgotten where I put something or other. Yeah. And, and, and so a chain of events. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's the chain of events that, yeah. that, that, that is set in place and that has to take place very early on because it's for the audience who don't know your characters, um, you're, you're not likely at this point for mm. people to know who they are, um, they need a reason to watch beyond the, the trusting you that this is going to become a great character by about 25 pages in. They need, a they need to know what's... Uh, oh, okay, he's got to go to the doctor and he can't find X. Mm. And that's your, your, so the audience has got something to concentrate on while you're creating mm. the character. And you, so it's, it is this sort of juggling thing. You have to be doing several things at the same time. Yeah, you are, plenty, you are spinning a lot of plates straight away. And no one said it was easy. Um, rule four I've written here, give your characters hell. So having given your characters achievable goals, make their lives an utter misery. Uh, make their goals suddenly seem very far away or impossible. Don't just throw your characters under a bus. Give your characters good reasons to go in completely the wrong direction or step into the path of a bus. Um, give your main characters conflicting goals. Ask yourself why this day of all days is the worst possible day to pursue that goal. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just want to make sure... One And since writing that, I've sort of said always work out that your character doesn't just need to fail. They need to make it worse. 
So they've got a quest at the start. They try and do this, and oh, they've now they've ruined it. It's not just, it's not just they failed. They're now in a worse situation to when they begin, and now they're going to try and improve that. And now they're even worse. And now, so that by twenty pages in, they're absolutely finished, and they can't see any way forward or any way back. And it may be that we quite often hold off doing this to our characters because we can't think. We're not confident that we're going to think of a way out of these for these characters. But we we have to trust that we have to trust that we do. That for me is uh, an, uh, is more of a bugbear than the than your your one, which I do agree with, which mm. is um, start the story early. For for me, the bugbear is always three quarters of the way through your script all must be lost for your main character and not just oh dear it's all gone wrong oh well never mind yeah uh that's me lovable loser there have to be like real stakes real jeopardy something really big and deep and bad and serious at that point three or four minutes before the end that you're going to resolve that, that, that you're just talking about there that you know you you have to trust as a writer you'll come up with that and that's something I have been I've been writing a few uh plot ideas recently and uh I I, I felt much more confident than I have been for a while in just thinking um just getting straight to the point once I'd had a few ideas and I sort of play play around with the ideas of going straight from the idea whatever it is and it can be something very banal and uh, I won't use the the one of it's X's birthday because mm. I know it's a, that's such a cliche but it's uh, you know something a character has to do something mm. um, and straight away i try and think okay so what's the worst possible consequence of that kind yeah. of that thing and then i'll write that down and i'll think okay now that i've thought of what's the worst possible consequence i need to think of something worse than that yeah and that's and that's what and that's where you'll get what you you need to escalate yeah uh the, you, you need to build and it's like you know you only need about sort of five or six of these big things to happen in each yeah. well even episode. even two or three really yeah. um as long as you and that's because that's the next one point rule five is keep it simple yeah so you you just need to make sure that you mine the maximum drama and comedy out of each beat hmm. so because the moment the plot is very complicated so you need story to drive the show along um because people talking no matter how funny it is just gets boring after a while but the temptation therefore is to throw plot at it and suddenly it's you've got five plots going and if you're reading it you're flipping backwards and forwards on pages and you're taken out of it it's better to have too little story than too much uh and so and it would be better to produce send us a 28 page script rather than the 43 page script with a whole plot line removed uh would would be better um because you can you can find funnier you, you can find the funny and be there for longer but actually cutting stuff is the hard bit and that's the bit that that you need to do so keep it simple i think it's really important i think it's uh be quite interesting to, just to compare and contrast and uh take two fantastically plot heavy shows of recent years uh made pretty much by the same uh people uh brooklyn 99 and the good place and brooklyn 99 however much i mean the plots you can get as complicated as you like because we are familiar with mm police 
police uh, shows and procedure, with, and yeah. procedure, and there's lots catch, and lots catch of, the bad guy, yeah, yeah, lots and lots of shortcuts. So, oh, okay, we're in the interrogation room, and yeah. then oh, something there's going to be a twist. We know that because yeah. it's Brooklyn Nine Nine. There's yeah. always a twist, mm. and and so we we we're familiar with the language, and you can, that can happen as much as possible. Um, you always know that you are coming back to the place at the end, whether it's yeah. in the bar afterwards or in, or they're at the station you know you know that, that everyone comes back to the point where they were at the beginning uh the good place just feels like exactly what you were just saying there there's oh we need to get out of this situation let's have another plot twist and we don't end up back at the place where we were at the start and i always felt much that i enjoyed the good place and, and loved the quality of the jokes and uh ted danson is great in anything um it just would lose me about three quarters of the way through i didn't quite i would never quite believe the jeopardy that they were in because it just oh they're going to introduce some outrageous plot thing here that'll that'll get away from that Mm. and that's and i think that's why ultimately the good place uh hasn't succeeded in the way that something like brooklyn 99 has yeah i would second that um the next rule though if you're, uh, is don't get caught by the logic police. Uh, make sure that every action taken by your characters has a good reason rather than just being a convenient contrivance. Everything must make sense to your characters at least. It undermines the alternative reality you're trying to build if the audience are, sh- are shouting at the screen, no one would ever do that. So that is annoying when, it, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? And you think, yes, but there would be no way in which that would happen. So you're going to have to earn it and make it happen. But it can't just happen, especially in the first two thirds um, of, the, of the plot where everything has to be really well motivated. It is my experience, however, rule seven, is that you can go big at the end. And usually you can push the, 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 the total catastrophe. You can usually push it further and ch- even cheat logic a little bit slightly where suddenly not only does this fall over, but that whole thing then falls down that wasn't even connected to it, and you sort of, you're sort you topping the main joke, as it were. Those sorts of things, weirdly, in the last two minutes, you can get away with an awful lot. Yeah. Because you, you've earned the right... As long as you've been logical and earned, and you've been good, and you've motivated everything properly, it's odd how, in my experience, you can stretch things a bit in those last two minutes, because yeah. you... Can you think of a specific example? Oh, I don't know, really. I mean... I do remember on the episode of My Family that I wrote, we had a bit at the end that was really... He was like Hannibal Lecter or something. No, in my one, he was... uh, They had people filming in the street outside and somebody comes running in through the house and dives through the window. It's a stunt right. man or something. Okay. And there's, they're clearly, and it's just like, that would just, that's, that's nonsense. Right. And it ends with, um, it ends with Zoe Wanamaker's character saying uh, to Ben... Uh, I think one of us should talk to Michael. And it's sort of, it's obvious what that means at the time. And it's got a nice kind of rhythm to it. And it just, yeah. it just felt like a topper. Right. That, that you just think, yeah, but to set up a stuntman shot like that, you wouldn't quite, you, there's no, you know what I mean? Yeah. It sort of didn't matter. Yeah. I don't know what, so maybe that's not terribly good advice, but I have noticed that if you are going to stretch things, you can do it at the end. Once the, you, what, once the big the big reveal has happened, or once the big catastrophe has happened, you can sort of add calamity on calamity if you want. Mm, yeah. um, but you have to be very careful up until that point, mm. because conversely, rule number eight says no coincidences. Yeah. So you can't fix a plot with a co- you can start a plot with a coincidence. Yeah. 
So you can have a coincidence at the very start, two people have got the same name and now there is now complications. Yeah. But if it's revealed halfway through that they have the same name, the audience will become inexplicably angry. Mm. And that's not, that's not fine. Yeah. Um, and I remember the very worst one of these. I remember hearing in the Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12 film where, I don't know, it just felt like a total cheat where someone just said, hey, you look exactly like Julia Roberts. And it was Julia Roberts. And you just go, what, what's going on here? This yeah. is not, you can't, you can't get out of it with that coincidence. Mm. Uh, you haven't earned that. Yeah. So if there's going to be a coincidence, you start with it mm. and you'd hang a lantern on it and then you take it from there and make it a character-based thing. Yeah. And I think I would, I would add to that as well, that often when uh, p- people starting out as writers, something unusual has happened to you and you think, oh, that's, that's interesting. That's something that I could write. That was a twist that I wasn't expecting. But sometimes, weirdly, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't, it was uh, stranger than fiction. Yeah. And then when you try and actually write it as fiction, it sounds contrived. Yeah. And or no amount of you saying, but it's true, it actually happened to me, is going to stop the person who's reading it or watching it going, yeah, I know, but, you know, I'm watching a movie, I'm watching a sitcom, it just doesn't doesn't work for me. Yeah. You have to kind of live with that, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, rule nine, avoid outside characters. So it's very easy, especially in a situation when you've got a pilot, you you end up going on and on about people. You just think, are they going to be in every single episode? Oh, no, they're not. And you go, oh, that's that's, that's a shame because they're more compelling than your hero um, or, or whatever it is. So don't... And it's easy to get hung up on writing characters that we're never going to see again because your audience this is more of a problem for up and running shows your audience will always prefer your regular characters to your outside ones but everyone on the day writers you know oh it's a new actor and oh they're really funny and oh you discover that the audience are not that invested in them um and it's always disappointing but that's just the way it is if you've had a series go out you are you are allowed to have a a different a new person in each episode one person i think so yeah only they they are there only to kind of uh magnify the faults or the issues of your main character yeah um and then and i would say that is also the case for locations as well i think people like familiarity of locations and so even if you can go anywhere and do anything you have to have quite a good reason to go to a location you've never been to before unless you you really are there for a very, very strong reason. And then rule... Sorry, rule 11, make those first lines count. So if you're writing a pilot script, make sure the first line spoken by each of the main characters is really significant for that character or tells us a lot about them. Or give them a prop or something to wear um, to reinforce that. Not just that, their, their entrance, make their entrance yeah. something. Uh, always come back to the uh, pilot episode of Friends, yeah. where the five of them are sitting in, hanging out in Central Perk, which is mm. what happens for the next 250-odd yeah. episodes, except there's a sixth one, and the sixth one is Rachel, and she enters three minutes in, in this uh, New York cafe in a, in a, wedding, in a dress. wedding dress. And that's... You know, yeah. There you have yeah. that little acorn gives yeah. you the massive oak tree. Mm. Um, There's no way they would have known when they were writing that that actually this is going to be uh, the biggest, grossing, massive, huge sitcom. sitcom ever. But actually, the whole entire essence of Friends, two ten years of it, is about 
Rachel uh, in the wedding dress and Ross mm. wanting to marry her. Yeah. <laughs> so in that, 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 think about those big entrances there yeah. will help you later on. You only get one chance to make a first impression is a bit of a cliche but it is true so the first thing you find out about a character you you will naturally think as the reader and the viewer is the most important thing about them we're immediately the audience is immediately trying to form an opinion about what sort of person is this they're not sort of open-minded and they're waiting they want they're looking for clues so if if they come in and in a pitchfork you know wearing you know holding a pitchfork and you think blimey what where have they been what are they doing um and but if they if if they're just not doing anything or if they're just saying oh hello how are you what am I meant to make of that yeah. um, I think you need to just be aware of of introducing your characters. Um, Bear in mind just again as we say we're going to read the first ten pages yeah. of your script so dazzle us yes absolutely that's what we need yeah and then if we and then the, the test of whether it's 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 a good first ten pages do we want to read the rest um, so that's kind of uh, that's the test, really. Rule 12 is um, be brutal. So don't just be brutal on your characters, as in make their lives as possible and give them hell, but just be just as brutal on your script. Every line of your script should be either a joke, a character line, or a plot development. Ideally, it should be at least two of the three, and the, the, the dream one is one that's all three. But either way, once you've written your script, you know, put it down, uh, forget about it, come back to it, and then just interrogate every single line. But that's going to take ages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it takes ages. Yeah. It's not easy. No one said it was easy, and you don't have to enter this competition. But um, basically, you're better off with a tight 29-page script than a baggy 40-page script. And um, if I'll link in the show notes to, to this post that I'm talking about and also a link to the worst one of the worst days of my professional career was when I sent a very, very baggy script and people were very cross with me. Finally, rule 13, do what you want. You can write about anything you like, anything at all. This especially if, if your replies, if you're not a writer-performer, your acting ability and persona are not integral to the piece. So you can write about anyone, anywhere, at any stage of life, at any point in time. So make the most of that. Yeah. Obviously, it changes from time to time. But I think the one that um, when, when asked about uh, what scripts do you get mostly, I think it was at Shane Allen, head of comedy at BBC. Mm. He talked about the uh, scripts that he got from middle-aged men about middle-aged men who had just uh, been dumped by their... But they, they got sacked. They got yeah. home and discovered yeah. their girlfriends dumped them. That's, that's, that, that's... Yeah. And then there's also, and, and again... Uh, we get a lot of scripts um, from 20-something uh, people about groups of 20-something people who are kind of hanging out in coffee bars like yeah. they do in Friends. Um, and, you know, Friends is the most m successful sitcom of all yeah. time. Who wouldn't want to start use that as a starting point? But you can, you can do more. You yeah, know, but you also can, you forget that that was original. Yeah. Because they, the, the creators of the show had realised that this was a new a new stage of life, which was people who've moved away from home and are now their family is their friends. Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's own, all it is is it, it's Cheers. But Cheers is people who have sort of had families or are trying to escape their families yeah. and are hanging around this bar and are forming part of a new family. And, um, and that felt quite transgressive as well because the Americans are slightly weird about alcohol because yeah. you have to be 21 and all that kind of stuff. Um, which explains the very first scene of the pilot where he refuses to serve 
right. an underage which drinker, probably, yeah. which is kind of a slightly odd choice, but yeah. um, in an otherwise perfect pilot. But the, um, I mean, that's part of the perfection, I guess. But, you, you know, write, don't write what you know. Write what you're excited about. Write what yeah. you want to write about. Write what, you know, but also if you want to write about it, then find out about it. Yeah. And actually, one thing which I will explore in greater detail over the coming months, which is something that I've realised is write what you didn't even know you knew. Yeah. Because we don't know ourselves as well as we think we do. Um, and that's uh, an area that I'm looking at in a lot of detail at the moment. Oh, wow. That sounds intriguing. Mm. So mm. that's we'll the big idea. That. That's, so, so we're launching this, uh, this script challenge. Uh, do send us your scripts at some point in the middle of November and be thinking about these things. There'll be lots of advice. There already is lots of advice on my blog, sitcomgeek.blogspot.com and on Dave's website, yeah. which is? Well, in fact, most of my uh, blogs, I put them on our Patreon uh, website. That would be a good place That's to go and look for them. Sitcom Geeks uh, Patreon. And uh, we'd love it if you became a, a patron as well, help support us yeah. doing these uh, doing these um, podcasts. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think I'll I'll be re reprinting and republishing and editing some of my uh, blog posts and putting them on there. You can also get writing that sitcom, which is my book, and Dave's sitcom, and also Dave's second book, The Complete Comedy Writer. Yes. And there's lots of uh, ideas there about yeah. how to write your script, characters, story, jokes, mm. a whole section about jokes. We've uh, barely barely talked about jokes here. But, uh, well, there you go. Isn't that interesting you know? that none of the rules none of the rules are write jokes, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I suspect should go without saying. But it should, but it often, it's surprising. And I think it is uh, we can get so excited with our ideas yeah. and run away with the idea that we forget to uh, put jokes in. Yes. Put jokes in. Rule 14. <laughs> yeah. What a brilliant idea. Cool. Uh, I think that's a nice, neat, neat and tidy episode, isn't it? Yep. Um, so I think we'll quit while we're ahead. Yeah. Um, is there anything coming up in the diary, Dave, that people need to know about? Uh, Any comedy courses? <laughs> yes, I'm doing some uh, comedy courses for writing, for uh, writing for topical comedy or stand-up, and also uh, sitcom uh, you know, story and character. Yeah. And yeah. coming up, how do you come up with a, a show? Yeah. You know, from scratch. Uh, those are all taking place in November. You can find out all, all about them on my website, davecohen.org.uk. Brilliant. And if you would like to see me in person, I will be at every single performance of A Turbulent Priest, which you can find out about at aturbulentpriest.com. Mm -hmm. And I shall be visiting places in places like Shrewsbury, uh, St. George's Church in Shrewsbury. and Shrewsbury? Uh, it depends whether you live there or not. And even then, they're not decided on it. Yeah. And also in Exeter, as well as in my hometown of Yeovil, and also in London, and in other places like Guildford and mm -hmm. um, Otford in Kent and some places like that. So... Um, do go to Bath and Bristol as well so do come to one of those and identify yourself as a sitcom geek listener and we will have an awkward conversation and go oh wow um, and it'll, I'm sure it'll be better than that because I'm quite good at small talk um, I think that's it yeah I think so yes as well and I mean just one last thing as well I, um, you can get my first book uh, for free if you sign up to my uh, up my website um, there's a special offer on there oh. davecohen.org.uk I recommend that book highly thank you so thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time thanks very much bye